Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending July 28th. I'm Sophie Antelgibert, and I'm joined today by my colleague and friend, Eric Ristovan, Chief Investment Strategist for Russell Investments. Hi, Eric. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Sophie. I'm good. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. It's wonderful to be in the same studio together, too. Mm -hmm. That's great. I am looking forward to picking your brain, um, especially around, uh, we want to talk about the Fed. They raised rates yesterday. I'm sure you have thoughts about that when mm -hmm. I get your thoughts. Um, second one around China and their recovery numbers that we're seeing out of that and reactions. And then lastly, GDP. We just got US GDP numbers last week, uh, or this week, earlier this week. Would love to get your thoughts on that. Sound Great. good? Mm -hmm. All right. So can we go ahead and start with the Fed? Um, we just had interest rates were raised again. What are your thoughts? Well, the, to the surprise of 3% of the market, the odds were 97% <laughs> that they were doing a quarter point raise going into the meeting. They did a quarter point raise, uh, a little bit of hawkish language on the back end. Uh, I don't think that's particularly surprising. I, I think that they're very clearly, and they've been clear, and they continue to be clear that inflation's the foe. Our, our colleague, Bei Chen Lin, wrote a really neat article that kind of compared monetary policy to summer barbecuing. And, and he talked about yes. uh, barbecuing chicken, and, and, and he made a, which I thought was a great analogy. Overcooked chicken is better than undercooked chicken for your health. And so, you know, overcooking monetary policy as it relates to killing off inflation is better than not doing enough to kill inflation. I think that really needs to be how people think about the Fed's inflation fight. Yes, inflation's coming down. We saw core CPI come out at 4.8%. Um, you know, yeah, 4.8% is lower than a, the 5 plus it was the month before. But, and that's year on year. But 48 is not two. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I think really one of the areas, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, and we'll probably continue to talk about this ad nauseum. Until we get to two. <laughs> until, until we get to two is, you know, we look at the Atlanta wage tracker. It came down um, in the latest tick, but it's at five and a half, five point six, 5.6, I think, actually. So 5.6% wage inflation is, is still too high. The, the labor market is overheated. It, you know, if for them to be confident that they've actually killed inflation and there's no, you know, you know, burning embers of inflation left in the in the economy, I, I think you're going to have to see wages coming down, which means probably they're going to have to see an adjustment in unemployment from where we are today to something that is notably higher, say four and a half percent, you know, and, and, and that hasn't happened yet. So I think when people think, why are they raising rates when inflation's obviously coming down? Well, we've seen this movie before. There are a lot of fits and starts in the 70s, even Volcker you know, saw inflation come down, stop, you know, his, his tightening monetary policy too soon. Inflation came back in a flash fire and he had to stamp it down again and, and finally did kill it. Um, but he brought interest rates up to a very, very, very high level at that point. So that's really what they want to make sure is they want to make sure not only is inflation trending the right way, they want to make sure that it's getting close to the target, if not at the target. And they want to make sure there's no other kind of things out there that would allow inflation to come back before it, it, it was finally killed. Excellent. So it sounds like they're trying to be very thorough um, and yes. intentional. Yeah. Excellent. Um, speaking of thorough and intentional, um, China. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen sort of the economy pick up quite as much as we thought coming out of the COVID restrictions and stuff. What is the latest there and what are the reactions from yeah. the government? And Alex Kuzli talked about this in last week's Market Week in Review. The, 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 it's been a disappointing recovery. Mm -hmm. um, it hasn't been anything like what most of the Western countries did. That's not, shouldn't be surprising because they didn't dump, you know, giant tons of money from helicopters like the, the Western uh, countries did. But, but I think really what I think you're seeing now is the Politburo met um, mm -hmm. and, the, and their discussion point was the economy. 
and, and they came out with some statements and they, they, they kind of re-pledged and they'd already talked about it. They're pledging kind of more stimulative economic policies. But I think one really important thing that they they said in their statement was actually, they were, it's what they didn't say. They actually removed a phrase that's been there since 2019, yeah. which is houses are for living, not for speculation. They took that out. Um, um, and I think that is, it, it, I think it's kind of an important point because what I think it, the, to me, what it tells me is the polar bureau is beginning to understand that if they don't get the property sector yeah. under control and they don't get healthy or healthier property market, they're not going to get cons consumer confidence up, right? It's it, it pretty much that's not just a Chinese thing. If your house is price is going down, you're not that confident as a consumer. And they want the economy to be driven primarily by consumption. But Chinese consumers are hesitant. And part of their hesitancy is they're not sure what their house is going to be worth, right? They're not sure there's stability in the housing market. So I think what you're going to start seeing is they're going to probably city by city, they're going to start removing some of the purchasing restrictions that are there to kind of begin to help the, the, the property market. It, it, it accounts for more than 20% of the GDP which is not uncommon, right? For a lot of countries, yeah. housing is the most accretive economic activity they, they, they engage in. So I think it's an important, it's minor. It doesn't necessarily mean a ton of money or a huge stimulus is coming or bazooka stimulus is coming, but I think it's beginning to, it's beginning to show they're recognizing some of the key problems and maybe now they'll start to work to really specifically address those key problems. And the housing market, the housing market is really the key one in my mind. Yeah, and sort of taking a different approach to yeah. you know, what, how mm -hmm. to solve this. GDP, mm -hmm. last question before I let you go. Yeah. Um, back to your desk to scour some more details yeah. um, and data. GDP um, in the US, where is it? Where is it going? Where is it at? Where is it headed? Strong number in the second quarter, 2.4%. Stronger than people were expecting it, stronger than we were expecting. I mean, it was just a good, solid number. Not entirely shocking, because when you looked at kind of the purchasing manager index information, which, you know, we talk a lot about because mm -hmm. it's contemporaneous data in the economy. When you look at the services sector, it's actually been doing really, really well. Right, it's been well above 50, 50 the, the demarcation line of expansion and contraction of fifty. Um, so, and that's seventy-seven percent of our economy is services. So, I think people think manufacturing is a bigger portion of the economy than it is. So, you know, so goes services. It used to be. It did. Yes, exactly. That not, not necessarily in our lifetimes, but yes, it used to down. be. Um, yeah, and you know, so so goes services. So goes the U.S. economy. So, I think that isn't enormously surprising. One of the things we noted, I noted in the in the recent flash PMI that was just released this week is, is manufacturing actually strengthened, which is predicted, right? Because we've seen some pickup in manufacturing. It's it's still below 50. So it's still in kind of contractionary territory, but it's getting closer to 50. Services actually declined. And I think that that's a kind of a recognition. And that, that wasn't shocking to us because we've been talking a lot about how quickly the services industry was growing to kind of catch up to where it was pre-pandemic. <laughs> It, it, it's kind of getting in that range now. You, you know, they're getting close to pre-pandemic employment numbers. Um, so I think something to watch for next week when we see the July jobs numbers is, are we seeing some softening, some easing and hiring in the services sector? And, 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 and if we get that, that might be a signal like to the Fed that we're beginning to see maybe that recalibration of the labor market that they're looking for. It, it won't be enough to, to change the picture, but it may give them a little bit better feeling that they're seeing, making some headway in reducing the, the heat in the, in the jobs market. Terrific. Well, thank you, Eric. Thank you for your insights. That's all we have time for today, unfortunately, but can't wait to have you back again very soon. And thank you for joining us. We'll be back again soon.